Hello, and welcome to this episode of Terror Express. Today, we have the lovely, talented K11. K, how are you? Hello, Jason. It's so good to see you and hear you. Yes, I'm good. How are you? Yes, it's I'm great. It's been what, two and a half years since we, yeah. we saw each other in, in Atlanta with Two and a half years. With, Far uh, too long, buddy. <laughs> yes, it has been. The Renegade Film Festival, where you won an award for Best Picture, if I remember correctly. That was Black that Lake, and it, and it took home the Lizzie. Yeah, well, no. So it was um, Best Film for Maya and Best Cinematography for Black Lake. I have two now. Two oh, oh, excellent. Wonderful. Yeah, I was there for the Black Lake. I, I unfortunately had to miss the Maya, but I did watch it and. <laughs> now we we're, we're talking about um a film about possession mm-hmm. and in cinematic history throughout possession genre the subgenre of possession it's it's typical that the character who is being possessed is a female and the mm-hmm. demon or the entity who's doing the possession is a male let's talk about that a little bit yeah absolutely so that's something um, I think it's been quite traditional in almost every possession film I can think of. Not that I've seen all of them. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to assume that's the case with all of them. But I think um, quite distinctly, that's what made um, The Conjuring quite different for me, which was like a haunted house slash possession genre film, mm-hmm. uh, where the mother is possessed by. Uh, a female entity and I thought that was something that was really different yes yeah yeah and also I think the only other kind of uh thinking about male on male possession the only one I can think of is Freddy one of the Freddy movies where he possesses what's his name is it Jesse Jesse Mark uh, Mark Patton Mark Um, I'm sorry (laughs) it was the character's name the character's name was Jesse played by Mark yeah yes that's the one. That's the one. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting because even though Freddie is a almost physical, you know, baddie, it, it's still a possession the yeah. way it, it comes across. So I think um, Freddie and and then the the Conjuring film, that's they're very different in terms of possession films. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite commonly, it's it's always male male on female possession, which is interesting. Uh, not surprising. What, what is your take on that? Why do you think that is? So something I'm exploring in my third feature film um, mm. is, uh, I think that link with women and the other world. I think women are perhaps just more of a of a gateway, perhaps. I think because women produce life, right? That's, so they that's have exactly room, my take on life. yes, right. Yes. So I think they act as like this kind of spiritual gateway which allows kind of entities to possess them or travel through them mm-hmm. and i think in the society that we live in currently <laughs> uh, and we have done for decades um with the patriarchy and things it only makes sense to to have that um attacked again by a male entity not just in body but in um, spirit right soul yeah, yeah. And, and your your point actually made me think, and I sat back and I thought, hmm, why is that? Why is it always the woman who's possessed by a male entity, or, or the majority of the films? Um, a couple of ex- exclusions, as we've mentioned, but and and it's it's like you you mentioned, women make life; they can sustain it and carry it and and bore it into the world. So, 
it, it kind of ties in with that. Like if they can make a life, why can't they sustain one that's already existing through possession? Mm-hmm. And I think now, um, well, although I think with, with the Freddy Krueger example, I think that was very groundbreaking for its time. Um, especially if we look at Jesse as a character, I think um, we can perhaps look forward to more possession films that aren't male on female um, and perhaps a bit more gender fluid. Um, that would be yeah. quite exciting to see because I think there's uh, definitely a commentary being made there. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, let's go back to my, uh, before we go though, remind me, I would love to talk about your third film. If you can talk about that, if mm-hmm. any information you can release, if it's not confidential yet. I like to um, I haven't spoken much about it officially. I did briefly talk about it at Renegade Film Fest. Um, it is, it's called Vessel. So if you think about the human, uh, the, not the human, <laughs> the female body as vessel, as mm. gateway. So there's a lot to unpack there. Um, but yes, yeah, that's all I can really say about it for now. Let's talk about Maya. Mm-hmm. Um, and for our listeners, Maya was shot in Pakistan. And um, now I understand that filming Maya was dangerous and actually life threatening. Um, tell was. us, tell us a little bit about that experience and that process of filming sure. Maya in Pakistan. So, um, it, gosh, I was there in 2014, um, eight years ago. Uh, I was very young, <laughs> younger. Um, and I mean, Pakistan is it's a dangerous country, um, as you know, in regards to how women are treated. Um, but where isn't now, right? Um, right? But it's a kind of country where you can get uh, you can get robbed on your doorstep. Like you can literally leave, be leaving your house and just get robbed at gunpoint. Um, wow. It's pretty dangerous. Um, not always the case, but in certain areas, um, you won't really see women going to the markets by themselves. That kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's. It was tough. It was it was a tough shoot. It was also incredibly hot. Um, I took a lot of risks. Um, there was a particular mm-hmm. scene in the market where I couldn't really afford to just stay stable with like a tripod. I, I was literally just like running, running through the markets, getting the shots that I needed and getting the hell out of there. And it's, so. it's funny you mentioned the market scene because that's the scene where I was wondering what was that scene like to film with all the, the vendors and, and the background Mm-hmm. Um, were they aware that you were filming this? Because no one looked at the camera. They were all very authentic in that scene. That's the power of editing. <laughs> That's <laughs> the power of editing, Jason. So um, I did not tell people beforehand that we were filming. I think that would have caused quite a lot of issues. Um, so we just kind of went in there, did the scenes. Um, but then every time somebody looked at the camera, and because we were a mostly female cast and crew yes a lot of men did look they they practically stared at the camera so that was always a cue to like cut there cut here so that really influenced a lot of the editing decisions did you get a lot of outdoor scenes yeah yeah did did you get a lot of resistance from anybody during that scene or any Um, others not not for Maya. Um, some of the vendors were really nice um they gave me fruits and things so um and I sometimes told them I worked for the news, which for some reason gave me a bit more credibility because um, the arts really are not appreciated in countries like Pakistan. So, yeah. It's fascinating. 
fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Maya, again, like I mentioned, is a movie about possession, a young girl named Maya who is possessed by the djinn. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about um, the Pakistani culture and the uh, yeah. Islamic religion uh, regarding jinn possession. Talk, talk a little bit about that. What is, what is that sure. all about? So, um, so jinn are part of the Islamic religion. Um, so all Muslims will believe in angels, in jinn. So Satan was considered the chief of jinn um, and then obviously cast down. Um, so jinn are like they could be anything they could be any religion any shape any size they can believe whatever they want um they're made from smokeless fire so it's quite um it's weird because people people still believe in this and it and it is generally accepted it is generally accepted across um south asia and all muslim countries where i mean even like more perhaps developed countries like singapore um people still believe in this and um people are they conduct themselves quite carefully around places where they might think jinn exist now i heard when you were shooting maya the the house that you were shooting in actually had a jinn that was present and gave permission to film in this house and not only that but also you can hear authentic sounds of the jinn in the film Absolutely, absolutely. So not just one gin, Jason, several gin. Several, so, okay, uh, <laughs> um, Yeah, the house. Um, so it is believed that gin, gin are everywhere. Like if you have an empty room in your house, uh, you know, it's quite likely there's a gin in there just occupying the space. Um, so people tend to be wary in, in like Pakistan and like other places, they tend to be really wary of um, wasteland areas where perhaps people just throw their trash or places that have been abandoned for years. So this house was actually built on top of that kind of land. Um, the land had been vacant and people would just kind of throw their trash there and stuff. So that th- it was cleared and this house was built on top of it. So I don't it, know if, I'm sorry to interrupt. I don't know. I don't know if you, your story right now is literally giving me goosebumps. Like my entire <laughs> body is covered in goosebumps right now. But I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Just it's to, all right. No, no. So, um, yeah. And it just made sense for Jin to live there. And I remember when I was quite young, I was maybe 16, 17. I was a teenager um, and I had one of my most memorable Jin experiences in that house where I, we, we had a lot of power cuts. We still do in Pakistan. Um, I, I visit, well, when I'm filming now, but they still have like this whole power cut issue. And I remember going to an event with my parents. We were in that house and the lights went and I felt something hold my hand. Like it was just the biggest hand holding my hand. And my brother was in front of me and I I just knew, I just knew at that moment that it was, yeah, just something. Was was your... Mm-hmm. Was your feeling about this? Was it a sense of um, like dread or was it a sense of support kind of? I know it's a strange question, but it is. A, yeah. Um, be a part of it. Yeah. Well, at the time I was scared. I, I understood. I was like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, also because, <laughs> also because I've been very much aware of the gin presence in that house, but when you're young and, you're into horror. Nobody really believes you. So, 
Yes, I, I've, I've encountered that as well. Let's let's talk about you a little bit. And growing up, you had mentioned that you grew up on this this building. Um, our, for our listeners who, who who may just be hearing um, about your your past for the first time, so you're you're a gay woman. Mm-hmm. You're um, a very strong filmmaker. You have a great style, which I want to talk about Thank as you. well. You're raised by by a very conservative conservative. Let me start that sentence again. You were raised by a very conservative Muslim family. Mm-hmm. Um, how does your family feel about your accomplishments and your achievements as a filmmaker? Ooh, um, it's a it's a really interesting one, Jason, because. Um, when I went to film Maya in 2014, that like I literally I went to Pakistan, I quit my job, I saved up all this money, and I turned up with all my film equipment. And my family in Pakistan were really shocked. They were like, "Oh, you do make films?" And I said, "Well, yes, I do. That's what I'm here to do. Like make this film." And making Maya was was very problematic because, like I said, film is not seen as something respectable people do. It's mm-hmm. just regarded as cheap entertainment. Um, and I think it's it's interesting because that still reflects in the audience that watches my movies. I, I hardly have a South Asian audience um, that will pay to see my films or turn up to festivals. Um, but as for my family, um, hmm, Maya was problematic. <laughs> it was quite uh, a tough um experience um I think at the time uh, because I, I had a lot of young actors as well and uh, there were certain rules like you know we need to get them into bed and things like that I'm like yeah but I'm I'm making a movie here um everybody signed a contract um <laughs> so it was it was really tough and I think my parents for example my parents my brother I, I know they're really proud of me as a filmmaker but um I don't think it goes beyond that. Um, I don't think they they really see what's going on in my movies. So with Black Lake, with Maya, um, because there are there are subtle LGBT themes there. Um yeah. and I, they will not be they will not be subtle in vessels. So <laughs> <laughs> um let's let's move into the like I said, your stylistic um approach to filming. Let's let's talk about that. You're very stylistic. Every scene drips with suspense your your camera movements are very slow and deliberate and it's like it's like leaving you wondering what's the next scene going to be mm-hmm. what is your inspiration for that style um <laughs> i think i've i think it's mindfulness jason i think it's just appreciating what's there rather than rushing it mm-hmm. um i'm <sighs> I don't know. I I love things like NBC's Hannibal, um, which really pays attention to, and it's not just what you see, but what those things make you feel. Uh, I'm a Jungian, so I'm heavy on symbolism. So I, I'm always asking people to, to really look, not to just be like, okay, next, 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 but to really look. I like to invite people in like um like the screen is a door i'm i'm basically inviting people in into my haunted house and, and just allowing them the opportunity to just really explore that in their own time i guess without rushing to the next scene you had mentioned before that you felt the gin grab your hand before this is this is the part of the podcast where i like to talk about true supernatural events um mm-hmm. and you said you had felt the gin grab your hand when you were younger 
Yeah. What other experiences have you had with the supernatural pertaining to either the gen or otherwise? Oh gosh, so many, Jason, so many. So, well, even with Maya, when I, in 2014, when I first arrived to uh, in Pakistan to film Maya, I remember putting my suitcase on my bed to unpack, literally just got into my room, opened up my suitcase and the bedroom door opened, like slow open, right? And I thought, hmm, it's not really windy, but I'll take it. Maybe, maybe there's a breeze. It's okay. So I just kind of shrug it off. And then literally a few seconds after that, there's a chest of drawers in, in the room, which is like proper heavy wood. And the, the top drawer, um, the one that we see in the film where Maya gets her mobile phone out, that mm-hmm. drawer opens by itself. Like it just pulls out. And I'm like, okay, that's physically not possible. <laughs> yeah. These are the things that give you the chills and you, you sit there and you scratch your head and like, what the hell did I just yeah. see? Yeah. Right. And um, I remember because at the point at that time I was like logging things on Facebook and I was like, it has begun. <laughs> and I was just I've like, done. hello, I'm here making a movie. Um, so at the end of every episode, I like to do this thing called the um, express, the express okay. round. That's where I'm going to ask you a few quick questions. You just answer the first thing that comes to your mind. You don't have to say the first thing that comes to your mind. You can think about it if you want, but it's just, just a quick little back and forth. So All right, I'll hold on to my chair. First question for you is, what's your favorite horror film? Oh, gosh. Um, the Cell with by Tarsum Singh. Yes, that film with J-Lo. If you were to write an autobiography, what would the name of your book be? Um, probably something silly like Death Becomes Her or something. And if they were to make that book into a film, mm-hmm. who would play you? <gasps> oh, my gosh. Um... I think that would be really tough because I'm just so unique, Jason. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I honestly don't know. Hmm. Who do you think would play me? Hmm. I think maybe, uh, I think if Kristen Stewart cut her hair short, I think she would be a oh good Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent choice there. Yes. What will be your legacy? My legacy will be the set of films. So Maya, Black Lake, Vessel, they're almost like an informal trilogy. That's going to be my legacy. I, I see um, Maya as like my mind, um, Black Lake as my heart, and Vessel is my soul. So oh, that's that, beautiful. That's a beautiful be answer. Legacy. Yeah. I have a, this one's going to be easy for you. What is your favorite hamburger topping? Gotta have pickles. Pickles. I get extras, extra pickles as well. You have to have pickles on a hamburger. Gotta have pickles. Do it. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I, it has been so great seeing you. And I, the next time I see you, it will be at a de, at a table with mm-hmm. coffee, with pie, with the burger, oh, with lots gosh. of pickles. <laughs> amazing, Jason. It's going to be amazing. But obviously, the highlight of that is going to be you. So I am oh. super excited. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank yes, you thank so you. Much. Thank you for being here. And you have a have an excellent, excellent evening. We'll talk thank again you. soon. You too. And thank you everybody for listening.